It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Throws, yes! Touchdown! Did I get it? Hello, everyone. Welcome to a Wednesday here on the Full Court Press. Jason Walker with you. Eric Franson sitting across from me. How are things going, Eric? It's good. It's good. Yeah. Got a, got a Would You Rather Wednesday. We'll get to a nice Would You Rather situation. I, I've got one that I'm not sure if it's super great, but it is kind of interesting in the uh, you know the dynamic between those two things. I feel like most people would trend to one, but I want to make people think with it. Okay. With how I end up presenting it. I imagine, Eric, you've got one, too. Um, but we do have a lot to get to today because Mountain West Media Days began today. Uh, the Well, the, for the men, the women's was uh, last Thursday and Friday, I believe, or Wednesday, Thursday. It was last week, so we heard from women's basketball team for Utah State. Um, they began the Media Days, but Utah State will not do their interviews until tomorrow. Um, Coach Odom and I forget who they brought up or are going to have for that one. As I've, a player representative? Yeah, player. I did not see it. I don't know. Yeah, I, didn't I don't think see, I've seen it. I didn't that. see it in any of the emails. I didn't look for it, so it's not like I <laughs> I was super thorough in that. So you know, they'll speak on Thursday, and I believe, will we end up putting that on our feed, those interviews? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we'll definitely put that on our podcast feed. We want to make sure people have an opportunity to hear what coach and players have to say about the upcoming season. Uh, the Mountain West poll that's out their place on that poll um and uh yeah just their their outlook for the upcoming year yeah especially because for the next couple of days things are going to be really crazy here on the show because tomorrow you know this station is going to be taken over by the 4a girls soccer tournament games that are going to be taking place at juan diego got mountain crest and green canyon at three and then after that game presumably around 5 6 o'clock You've got Skyview taking on Snow Canyon. Um, so there won't really be much of a show tomorrow. I know, Eric, you'll fill in a little bit between there. Um, you'll be able to, so you'll be able to hear Eric. You actually will be able to hear me still yeah, on the station. Yeah, you'll be on, on the, the station yeah. a lot tomorrow. Yeah, you'll, you'll hear me plenty from like 3 o'clock probably until 7 or 8 o'clock. Um, you'll, you'll be able to hear my wonderful voice. But <laughs> so you'll probably get sick of it by the end. Uh, so those games will be... Uh, uh, tomorrow and then on Friday, uh, Skyview Football, this being the home of the Skyview Bobcats Sports, uh, they'll be playing tomorrow. Do they kick off at 3 or 4? Uh, Skyview kicks off at 3. Okay. So that that game will be eating most of the show, you know, two, three-hour games. So we aren't planning on having our show on Friday. So if you want to hear the men's basketball team, you'll want to go to our podcast feed. And then obviously come Monday, We'll definitely be talking a little bit about that. We'll be talking to some of the the poll today since it came out today. Uh, you know where all the, where all they're all finishing or where they're expected to finish, and then obviously we'll maybe have a little more reactions to what the players and coaches said come Monday. And we'll also have the football game. So a full reaction Monday 
yeah. uh, coming up. But for now, it's a Would You Rather Wednesday. That's true, because on Monday, we'll have to look back on the events of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and yeah. Sunday. It will be the busiest Monday <laughs> in That's history. That's a lot to recap. Especially because the Jazz the play start today. of the Jazz season. Yeah. So it's like oh my everything. Yes. Everything that could possibly happen will be stuffed into a two-hour show. Maybe we should just go three hours. <laughs> we can't interrupt our programming that much. But uh, we are expecting to play this week in the Mountain West immediately following the Skyview football game. Uh, and then that will go right up into a jazz game because the jazz will hit the road. They'll play at Minnesota Friday. And that will be intriguing. Utah against Rudy Gobert. Uh, but um, we will have this week in the Mountain West that's expected to play immediately following the Skyview football game Friday afternoon. Yeah. So a lot, in yes. other words. Because, yeah, because we'll have no great time react, of the year. Because we'll not only react to the <clears throat> season opener for the Jazz, but also the. Very juicy matchup between Gobert and his old former Utah Jazz. So again, a lot to get to, and today we're going to try and do our football predictions, since normally we do those on a Thursday and maybe kind of wrap it up on a Friday. We have to do those today because we're not really going to be on the show. (laughs) So (laughs) we will be giving our final predictions for the Utah State-Wyoming football game. So just a lot going on here. And as uh, always, we'd love to hear from you as well. 435-339-0321. If you want to chime in on the Full Court Press text line. Somebody texted in earlier in the day. So uh, this is 7966. I think USU and... uh, Oh, actually, there was another text that happened before that. I think that that 8 is way too low for USU this season. Reacting to the uh, preseason Mountain West poll. So he's kind of giving it away there. Come on, but Eric. I expect us to prove a lot of people wrong and finish top five in the conference. I know that a lot was made previously about this team lacking one true superstar, but I think Coach Odom's style lends itself better to a well-balanced team with multiple players that could lead the team in scoring on any given night. I think we'll have great passing and team chemistry with improved shooting numbers from last season. I think USU and CSU should be swapped in the preseason poll, especially considering that Stevens will be out for a significant amount of time. Even if he were healthy to start the season, I don't see any other significant pieces from the team last year coming back for this season. Yeah, so before we get too far into uh, reacting to where Utah stays in the poll, let's, let's go through the poll and talk about where everyone is. So this came out a little before 12 o'clock uh, Mountain Time. And so here's how it all lined out. So San Diego State, as no one is surprised, is number one in the preseason poll. They got 16 out of the 20 first place votes. They weren't unanimous. Mm-hmm. There's only been, I believe, two unanimous uh, number ones in league history. Utah State a few years back, and I believe University of Utah, the first year of the Mountain West. Oh, really? They were unanimous. Wow. So I, I spent way too much time digging up that fact a couple years back. <laughs> um, so, so no surprise with the Aztecs yeah. at number one. Wyoming, they got the rest of those first place votes? Yeah, they did. So they got the other four, so they're second. And then Boise State is third. Colorado State is fourth. Now, the, the one thing I should point out, and I can't remember if I mentioned this yesterday, but the ballots for all this were due before the news came out that Isaiah Stevens was going to leave or was going to be out for a while or maybe even the whole season. pretty much a season ending. I mean, yeah. 
That that seems to be the expectation. It would be really surprising if he were able to recover and come back. But if he if he does come back, I mean, it's late, late in the year. Yeah. So don't really blame the voters when you know Colorado State shows up at four. They didn't have the information to work with, and it also shows up in the fact that Isaiah Stevens is in the All Mountain West preseason team. Right. That wouldn't have happened if they had known. True. So give the you know we got to give the voters a break here. Uh, we had that advantage of the information when we did our ballots yesterday, so we were working with that information already. And I dropped callers to all the way to like seventh, I think, if I remember right. Um, yeah, I had them. I think you and I were kind of close. I think you that. had about fifth or uh, sixth. Well, I had the Rams at at, yes. at five. So you only had them drop one, um, and I had them drop way down below Utah State. Um, so Colorado State again, they're they're fourth. Then New Mexico is fifth. UNLV is sixth. Fresno State seven. Utah State comes in at 8. And then it's Nevada at 9, San Jose State 10, Air Force at 11. So that that's your lineup of all the teams. Um, definitely, you know, kind of a two-tier system there. You got San Diego State, Wyoming, and then probably your three teams with Boise State through New Mexico. Depends on Colorado State. But, again, we went through all of our tiers yesterday, actually. Yeah, and it's donuts. Yeah, and it's um, you know, it's interesting to see what the Mountain West poll, how that looks compared to what you and I put together. Not a lot of differences. I mean, there were a few notable that were kind of different. The one that's the biggest difference is we look at what Ken Palm put out. Uh, Ken Pomeroy, he did a full ranking of everybody. Now his his ranking system factors in returning production and transfers who come in with what they brought with them. It, it It's hard to really predict what newcomers might really do to your team or impact your team to some degree, especially for freshmen. But he has, his order is San Diego State, Wyoming, and then USU at number three. Really? So- and as USU would be a fringe tournament team. Based on where his his rankings are. See, I'm currently riding an optimistic streak, and optimistic streak meant I put Utah State at six uh, for my poll. I think you had them at seven. Um, um, I I had Utah State at eight. At eight, so, oh, so you had them similar spot to the Mountain West poll, yeah. So, and that was mainly because I feel like after watching the scrimmage, I'm a little more optimistic about maybe Max Shoga breaking into a bigger role. Although I worry that he's not even going to start because I don't know what Coach Odom's going to do there. I've, I've seen too many coaches scared to make lineup changes that they probably should make. Um, but Shola could be an every night score. I emphasize could be. I might be drinking the Kool Aid a little bit right now. But could be. Although I'd still put Taylor Funk as the leading scorer. So I think you could have a couple of 14 to 15 points per game. That's not, you know, your superstar scores. The Sam Merrills, or even Amish Keta to agree, or Justin Bean, like those high-level, borderline 20-point scores. But we've seen Utah State teams in the past under Stu Morrill, plenty of teams, and even teams now, where you're like two or three 13-point-per-game guys, that's enough. At the college level, that's solid, steady production that yeah. a successful team can rely on. Yeah, and, and it's not so much the... You know, I really don't like buying into the, oh, everybody can score a little bit, you know, share the rock, because that doesn't work. The, oh, 
you know, everybody's like a nine points per game score. That doesn't work because it means nobody can step up. If you have two or three guys in the 13 to 15 range, it means odds are one of them is stepping up to close to 20 points per game generally each night. Right, yeah, that's true. It means one night, one of those guys goes off for 18, 19 points, but uh, the other night it's somebody else who's doing that. Yeah. But if you have everybody who's who can't really break 12, but you got a, a lot of guys that are doing it, it's okay. I mean, that's great. You can spread it around, but if you need somebody to get a hot hand and in, in really get going, then that can be tough in certain game situations. Yeah, and there were times last year where Utah State struggled where Justin Bean was able to do some things, but it was just like, every now and again somebody had a great game. Steven Ashworth can get really hot. Marlon Jones does it a couple of times. Um, Horvath. Yeah, Horvath, and then Max Shogano had one or two decent games, but like, it was you know, not enough. And we saw that a little bit when Namish Keta was the leading scorer, where Nobody else. So, you know, you have a, a Justin Bean who is the one guy, but nobody else. Namish Keta, but nobody else. You need a couple of guys, and I think this team could have a couple of guys on offense. Again, I'm riding the optimistic streak. In a couple of weeks, I may be thinking, oh, this is terrible and, <laughs> and whatnot. But for now, there is some confidence, and not just on offense, because I think the defense has a chance to be versatile. They're not going to have rim protection, but they're – you know, as long as they have good rotations, I think they can manage to defend the rim well enough. And I think Akin can, or I don't know if it's Akin or Akin. He's from London, so maybe it's Akin. <laughs> but it, it, it's possible that he can provide enough rim protection, or at least the you know deterrent. Yeah. He's not going to be swatting the shots out of the air, but good positioning will help him out. And you know, and with versatile defense, you got Bearstow, Shoga, and, and Akin can both be versatile perimeter and. Atkins some interior. Yeah. So you can have that where you can defend most anybody you're going to face, good athlete or not. So that's a good basis for a good defense, maybe even borderline great defense. And then if you have good enough offense, that can push Utah State into the top half of the conference. I would not put them at number three, but because that is like crazy optimism that's very generous um but i want to get back to our text line zero five one three text in uh says top three talking about aggies they don't know what's coming even i can tell y'all for close scrimmages but they've been killing it and as long as they can shoot well from the outside then i think there's room for the offense to be better than it was last year well and i think Couple things. Everybody's harping on how is Utah State going to replace the production of Justin Bean and Brandon Horvath, and then some would say, "Yeah, and Brock Miller too," but he was really inconsistent, and then he was off injured in his final year. So it really comes down to Bean and Horvath, and those are bigger guys in the post. Now, yeah, Horvath could do stretch, and he was usually one of the better three-point shooters for Utah State last year during stretches of the season. Here's the thing. There are there's really one notable new player who's arrived, and that's Funk. And, and a lot of people are gonna point locals are gonna say, Oh, what about Mason Falslove? Well, he's young and off his mission and he I don't know that we should really get overly excited or expect too much 
from Mason Falslove this year. If he does, anything that he does bring, I, I think is gravy. But beyond that, I think we have to look at the the um, expanded um, evolution, if I'm going to call it that, of, of Bearstow and Shulga. Those two notably. And, and I think you've, you've rightly pointed out Akin in kind of he, he is a n- different addition as well. Doesn't have the offensive production that like Bean had, but I think he fills a lot of those other roles that Bean filled for Utah State. So I think that there, there are some experienced players in this, in this roster coming back that are developing and improving with how they play basketball, how they attack the rim, how they play larger roles. And there's some new players that are going to be interesting to see really how they evolve and how they develop. We haven't seen a lot of them. You saw the scrimmage, uh, the blue-white scrimmage, but until we see them go up against Utah Valley, you know, we really don't quite know just really what's, what, what's there for Utah State just yet. Yeah, and I, I think for the team, you know, when you're talking about replacing Bean and Horvath, they didn't replace them in the sense that they found guys like them and then filled them in. Because the Funk Akin backcourt is not going to be anything like the Bean and Horvath one. It's not going to be at least by itself stretch the floor. Akin will replace the rebounding of Justin Bean. Funk will kind of replace, he'll kind of absorb kind of two and one, both of Bean's shooting and then some of Horvath's. To where he's going to be the pick and pop guy. He's going to be the guy trying to stretch the floor from the front court. Unfortunately, you're not going to be able to go five out with Akin, and they're probably not going to be able to go five out really at any point in the season because the only three-point shooter among the centers is Isaac Johnson, and I don't think he's going to play. Not any significant minutes. He could, but I suspect he won't. Right. I, I think Dorius will will be ahead of him, if at all. Yeah. And, and I think that based on what we saw last year with uh, Utah State having a pretty tall roster, they didn't always utilize the the, the size that they had available to them. So I, I think that this is a coaching staff that likes having multiple guys on the floor who can dribble, multiple guys on the floor who can shoot. And while some of us say, well, that you may be giving up an interior presence because we saw and have seen for many, many years here at Utah State solid interior presence that doesn't seem to be as high a priority. Not to say that it's not a priority for them. It's just not as high a priority as a modern basketball style that Coach Odom is is integrating here at Utah State. Yeah, definitely. This is going to be a little more positionless in a way. Um, especially because you're going to have a six foot nine guy at center. It's going to look very, you're going to try and, you know, that buzzword versatile and positionless and all these things. I feel like they're going to try and do that. And they can be successful, at least on the defensive side, offensively, since they can't, you know, go five out. That would be perfect. If I can get you threes, this would be a great team. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to touch on so, f- zero, 0513, he texts back in, uh, and this kind of touches on something I wanted to bring up. And he says, Yo, Dorius won't even touch the floor. And that's, that mainly brings me to the point where you mentioned Dorius being ahead of Isaac Johnson. I kind of agree with that on the overall depth chart, but I think in front of Dorius is Shimon Zapala, who is somebody who, after watching the scrimmage, my stock on him has skyrocketed. Mm. I was very low on Zapala. And having watched him play, I'm like, dudes should be the backup center. And, you know, I think in my projections... Mostly because of his offensive skill set? Yeah, his, his, he's 
shown the ability to move around well in the post. He's shown good movement defensively. There was one play in this. In uh, actually, no, I was watching a film from I think it was a New Mexico game last year, where I watched him read a pass before it was made, and then beat the man to uh, you know the spot and was you know he didn't block a shot, but it was good positioning, you know straight up, completely smothered the shot, didn't even go anywhere, and so there's some defensive possibility from him where he's not a shot blocker he's the below the rim center kind of guy generally speaking it's it's weird to say below the rim when a dude's six foot eleven and can do a standing dunk but you know he's not going to be super high flying athletic or shot blocking right but if he shows those good fundamentals you know it's in the same way that uh, Nikola Jokic has become a little bit better of a defender not by being Rudy Gobert but by being solid defensively in in fundamentals uh, if you remember Quinn Taylor from a few years back, mm-hmm. six foot eight would play a small ball five, couldn't block a shot for the most part, but was very good in his fundamentals, and it boosted his defensive ability when playing center. Right, um, and it helped stretch the floor offensively. Yeah, because he he learned and developed an outside shot. Yeah, so Zapala, in terms of defense, you know, having the extra length will help him smother shots a bit better. He could maybe get a few more blocks. But generally speaking, you know, you like a good fundamentally sound center who will smother shots, maybe not block them. And then on offense, he'll be able to post up, you know, drop the ball off to him, and he'll be able to finish. That's kind of what I'm hoping to see a jump from him into being, you know, a solid backup center. Maybe even a starter. Maybe you could push Akin to the fore, you know, in an ideal world. Maybe have Akin come off the bench if Zapal is just that good. 5242. Hate to say this, but Dorius can't walk and chew gum. Aggies might be in for a long season. <laughs> Dorius is a Dorius re- haters here. Dorius is a really nice person, I will say this. Look, look uh, I, Dorius, I saw a practice, you know, this was a few weeks ago, and I was watching Dorius Zapala and, and Akin. Just that he was. Mostly Atkin just because he's new, right? I just want to see what he was all about. But I did see, you know, uh, look, I saw Dorius making some solid moves, had some good footwork, and was doing what he was supposed to do. I thought he, he looked like he was filling his role with how this team operates. So, um, and I don't think that he needs to play a large role. He's not going to be asked to play a large role. Um, but, like, Last year, the centers didn't really do much in this offense. At least those big, you know, six foot ten plus players, not named yeah. Brandon Horvath, uh, were not really asked to do a whole lot other than set screens, get rebounds, make life tough for uh, opposing teams who might want to, you know, challenge at the rim. And I think that's kind of the way I see it going this year again. Yeah, definitely, because that's basically what Atkins is going to do. He's going to be, you know, cleanup guy on offense. He's he he can generate more offense for himself than I initially thought. He's got a nice little right-handed hook shot, and can do a few things. Um, but generally speaking, you know, dump it off to him and then he dunks it, or you know, offensive rebound and whatnot. That'll be his thing. And that's what he did largely in the scrimmage, and it's what he's been doing for like three, four years. Right. The, the offensive output from the center position at Utah State under Ryan Odom is putbacks. <laughs> if you're there and there's no one else around, that's your offensive system. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, pass out to the open shooter, set the screen, 
uh, you know, keep the motion moving. But uh, we're not going to throw it down to the low post and let you go to work, big fella. It's not that kind of an offense. All right, we're going to go to break real quick. When we come back, we'll keep talking about Utah State basketball. We'll go over some of the rest of the, the accolades that came out from Mountain West Media Days. But we'll be back with more after this. Want to set yourself apart from the competition? A new leadership MBA at Utah State University will help you lead companies and drive change in your organization. You can attend in person in Logan on Thursday evenings or take online interactive classes. Complete your MBA in as little as a year. Apply before November 15th to be considered for a January start. Contact the MBA office for a waiver of the application fee. Learn more at utahstatemba.com. That's utahstatemba.com. With inflation at record highs, why buy new if you can repair your current machine? Daryl's Appliances factory trained technicians spend hundreds of hours in training each year to ensure your appliance is repaired right the first time. You can have peace of mind. They offer no risk service, meaning if you want to purchase new instead of repair, you can apply up to $95 of your service call towards an appliance purchase. See store for details. Daryl's West on Airport Road, open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. I think I can, I think I can. Do you feel like you're chugging up the inflation mountain? This is Zach with HSA Depot, and we can help. Did you know that you can save as much as 30% by using your pre-tax income to buy qualifying medical supplies? Health savings accounts can be used for more than just doctor visits and prescriptions. HSA Depot helps you conquer your inflation mountain and your health care by providing eligible products. Come to HSA Depot next to Sally Beauty and see how much you can save. HSA Depot, five-star review. Remember last October's huge snowstorm that destroyed trees all over Cache Valley? Bobby and his crew at Hall Tree Care were the most popular guys in town. Yeah, high five. Not saying that will happen again. However, I just looked at the forecast for winter and it calls for snow. Snow can wreak havoc in your overgrown trees and shrubs, which can wreak even more havoc in your home and vehicles. Call Hall Tree Care before winter gets here. 760-6587. Ask about their radio discount. That's H-U-L-L Tree Care. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs. With competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. You saved my life. You held my hand when I was scared. You helped me say goodbye to my dad. You were an example for me. You gave me strength when I thought I had none left. I couldn't tell you then, but I want to say thank you, all of you, for everything. Thank you to the physicians, nurses, and others working in America's hospitals and health systems. A message from the American Hospital Association, American Medical Association, and American Nurses Association. Breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. The new Valvoline Instant Oil Change across from Angie's is across from Angie's on Main Street in Logan. Valvoline Synthetic and Valvoline Max Life are the engine oil that your vehicle loves. All right, so let's get back into some 
Mountainous Media Days talk, just some of the stuff that came out. Um, unfortunately, I closed out, so I uh, I wasn't ready to say who the uh, All Mountain West team is. Did you have that pulled up? Uh, so <laughs> I, I can, I can get to Stevens. it really quick. I know Graham, Isaiah Stevens because we already said him. Graham E.K. Yeah, Hunter Maldonado. And then um, there's one from New Mexico and San Diego State. I'm like yes. 30 seconds away from getting there. If we just give me a bit. Yeah, so you know, two Wyoming players on there, only one San Diego State. It's kind of interesting since you know, San Diego State like the overwhelming favorite. No, I'm okay. Here it is. So Isaiah Stevens, the one, kind of have to just, you know, bad timing as far as uh, injury news ends up with him uh, able to get on the All-Mountain West team. Uh, Jamal Mashburn, uh, Jamal Mashburn Jr. or Mashburn, I don't know how Mashburn. to say all these names. Uh, from New Mexico, so he's on there. Matt Bradley from San Diego State. And then, as we mentioned, Graham E.K. and Hunter Maldonado from Wyoming. Graham E.K. pegged as the preseason player of the year. And that's, that was – I'd love to see that vote tally, how that came down. Because Bradley could have made a very strong case, Maldonado. Uh, E.K., probably the most consistent top-flight player from the Mountain West – uh, but sadly, you know, Isaiah Stevens, he makes the list, but he won't play a game. So, you know, I don't know who who fits into that space, who takes that space uh, at the end of the season. That will be interesting. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, that that's the preseason list. But when you look at the poll that came out, as you and I mentioned, there's a few variances from the polls that you and I put together and how it's a little bit different for the Mountain West poll. But when you look at the Mountain West poll, which – which team surprised you the most with where they ended up? I, don't, I think Nevada ending all the way down at 9. I, I can't remember where I had them. I might have had them around there, but I know a lot of people had them a little higher. Than yeah, nine. I had Nevada at 7. Yeah, I think I think I might have had them at 8. Or maybe I did have them at 9. And I, I, was I, may, f- I may be sounding weird by saying that surprised me, even if I put them. I don't have my, my, uh, my pulse sitting on my desk. I had Fresno State and Nevada swapped from where the Mountain West list has them. Yeah. So I had Fresno State at 7 and Nevada at 9. Uh, no, excuse me. I had Nevada at 7, Fresno State at 9, and then the Mountain West poll had that flipped. Um, you know, UNLV, I had them at 6, so did the Mountain West. Um, I put New Mexico at 3. Mountain West poll puts them at 5. Um and still, you know, Boise State. Uh, I'm maybe a little bit surprised to see Boise State as high, considering some of the their key players who left. I know they had some young, uh, some good young talent coming back, but um, a little surprised to see them as high, and that New Mexico didn't get maybe a little bit more consideration. Yeah. But had the Isaiah Stevens knowledge been made, I'm sure New Mexico would have been higher than Colorado State. Yeah, of course. I think I had New Mexico at three. I think I had them all the way. If, again, if I'm remembering right, maybe <laughs> I, I should have gone and grabbed my notebook. Yeah, because I had them at three also. Yeah, that's right, because we, we had the top four the same, I think. Yes. I think we went San Diego State, Wyoming, New Mexico, Boise, and then after that we began to uh, diverge right. a little bit. I yeah. had UNLV at five. Yeah, and I had Colorado State at five. Yeah. So I, I wasn't overall too surprised by this. Um. There's teams that I might move up or down one or two, you know, especially Colorado State. But again, if Isaiah Stevens had been around, I probably would have put Colorado State at three or four. 
So you could probably nitpick a couple of these, move them up, you know, up or down one spot. I'd move Utah State up a couple, you know. We could go through examples all day, but generally speaking, this is, I think, about where everyone had everyone else with slight deviations in some spots. Yeah, and, um, you know, this is really the – when you look at the, the Mountain West poll compared to the Ken Palm, that's when it's vastly, wildly different. Yeah. Ken Palm – had uh, when you look at one through however 330 or 50 schools there are you know San Diego State had them at 19 highest rated team and they were 19 in the preseason poll so pretty accurate yeah uh, Wyoming at 64 so I'm a little surprised by that wide of a gap to be honest between uh, San Diego State and Wyoming Utah State at 68 as the third highest team in his his rankings little surprised by that to be honest with you as well, and that they're that close to Wyoming. Boise State at 87, Colorado State at 97, and those are your top 100, the teams that uh, reside in the top 100. So he still has CSU in there, but he had the knowledge about Isaiah Stevens when his uh, report and when his poll came out uh, over the weekend. It just came out just this past weekend. Yeah, I, and I think Colorado State won't drop too far. I just think they're probably just going to drop out of contention. They'll be. Yeah, they still have some good shooters there, and they're yeah. well coached, so they'll be a solid team. I just don't know that they'll be a contending team. Yeah. I think you're right. They'll be around where Utah State is, unless Ken Palm is right and Utah State skyrockets toward borderline contention with Wyoming and San Diego State. Um, See, so yeah, because I had, I think I had Utah State at six and Colorado State at seven. So, right about the same place. Um, but one thing that kind of interested me about this preseason poll is, if you if you look at the the women's poll as well, this is the worst combined preseason poll for Utah State since joining the Mountain West. If you combine the two ranks into one number of, I don't know what you'd call that number, but you add them together, you get 19. So, 19th or whatever. And... Yes, that, that's, that's the worst since they joined the conference in 2013, this being the 10th season they've been in the conference. And they've had a couple of, you know, they had an 18 and a 17, but never this bad. Wow. So. That's, uh, yeah, that's a little surprising to me. Yeah, and the women, they've had a rough go as far as, you know, just contention in the conference, and they're usually picked eighth or below. But Utah State's usually been picked Toward the, the upper part of the conference. For the men. Yeah, for the men. Yeah. It's like they were picked fifth last year, third, first. They had a couple of seasons where they were, well, they were picked ninth in 2018, and that's not what happened. Um, they got picked eighth in 2017, sixth, three. There was one where they were picked tenth, but they finished fourth that year. And then another one where they were picked fifth. So it's like they're usually picked middle or above the conference. And some of the times where they have been picked lower, they finish well above what they were picked. Like every time Utah State's been picked eighth or eighth or worst, they finished above their preseason poll. The the twenty eighteen and twenty fourteen being kind of the two drastic examples. See, this is what I'm doing. I'm helping Aggie fans everywhere. <laughs> I'm picking the Aggies at eight just so they can exceed and uh, have a great year. Because if I were to put them high, they wouldn't have achieved that. So I'm just following the trend and the history here, 
Aggie fans, don't get mad at me for putting Utah State at number eight in my preseason poll. I'm doing the Aggies a favor. The one time they were picked eighth, they ended up finishing seventh. That's the only time they were picked low and didn't like rocket to the top. So <laughs> you should have picked seventh eight. or ninth. <laughs> That's what you should have done. Or tenth. Still off. Because oh. tenth they shoot up to four. Ninth they shoot up to one or tied for first or whatever. Oh. So well, maybe maybe I shouldn't be so so magnanimous there then. <laughs> but still, and that may come into the would you rather. That kind of almost relates to my would you rather oh. question. We'll get to that next segment. I want to get to the text line, although. The text line is full of jazz stuff, which we're probably going to push that toward the next hour. Um, talk a little about the jazz season opener today and just what to expect. Predictions, although my prediction is not good. <laughs> uh, on a on a whim, maybe not quite so much a whim, because I guess my son had been thinking about this for a while, but late last night finally kind of pressed me on, hey, we should go. We should go down to the game tomorrow night. We have a German exchange student staying with us right now. And so we're trying to give him a lot of different experiences from the area. And so my son's like, we got to take him to a jazz game. I'm like, uh. This isn't the best year to do that. Uh, okay. <laughs> I guess if we're going to go, the opening night, not a bad one to do it. So uh, I'm actually going to run down there tonight and check out the game. Yeah, so we'll miss Eric for no, a No, I'm going to skip out a little bit early next hour, but. Yeah. Let's get to some of these texts. Yeah, so uh, 5242, so he asked, predictions for the Jazz game tonight. Do the Nuggets cover the, the seven-point spread? That's Is is it minus seven for the Nuggets? Last it time is. I checked, and I imagine it's still there. Yep, it is. Um, although, oddly enough, ESPN's matchup predictor thing they stick on there, last time I checked it, a little before 3 o'clock, had the Jazz at like 51%, which was weird. I don't know what happened there. Oh, that is weird. I'm looking at that. Yes, I don't know if it has to do with them being at home or just that dumb is, luck in a season opener. Did they forget that Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell and Boyan Bogdanovich are not there anymore? TNT remembered because they took away Utah's one national TV game oh, they yeah. had. I did see that. <laughs> they gave it to Sacramento instead. Yeah, that's, that's like, wow, that's a low blow. Yeah, that's even worse. Like, uh, <laughs> but to answer the question, yes, I think the Nuggets cover. I will never touch basketball spreads ever. So, because... There. If you bet on basketball spreads, you're an idiot. <laughs> Why? Because they're never anywhere. Like there's no way to predict them. Like, because they can change so quickly. Like you know, in the NFL, like you know, how many times do you have a game where it's like a last second score dramatically changes the spread? It happens. It happens. Yeah. Okay, but in basketball, a generic game, say an eight points, I guess let's go seven point spread. Nuggets are winning by seven. It's the last 30 seconds, but, you know, let's say the Jazz are covering, but they foul the Nuggets a few times, and then they go up to nine points. Like, how are you supposed to predict that? Like, what are you supposed to do? It's basically, are you predicting, is a team going to blow them out or not? That's what you're predicting <laughs> with any spread. <laughs> Because any spread can quickly go from 8 points to 3 really quickly, or from 3 points to 12 really quickly. Just don't. Jason's gambling <laughs> advice, <laughs> never bet on basketball spreads. Stick to football. Uh, 2947, and then we got to take a break. Uh, looks like the Nuggets are only favored at 7.5 tonight. Even as a massive Jazz fan, should we all be betting the house on this and retiring tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> No, because the Jazz could randomly hit 33-pointers and then win. Yeah. 
basketball again don't bet on basketball please for your sake anyway we're gonna cut to a break we'll be back with more after this on 1069 the fan Fall is in the air and it's getting colder. Make sure your vehicle is well maintained. Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Logan across from Angie's can help. As the weather turns colder, your car needs more babying and an oil change is easy. They'll change your oil and also check other fluid levels and replace your air filters if needed. The best thing, you can stay in your car while their trained professionals service your vehicle. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 695 North Main, open seven days a week. Clean it up and get it out before the snow flies. Don't wait another winter. Let DD Auto and Salvage pay you for that junk vehicle. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787 1204. That's 787 1204 today. See store for details. Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL. It's a Week 7 showdown in the NFC as the Dallas Cowboys host the Detroit Lions. Hi, this is Jerry Recco. Join Danny White and myself for all the action as Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, and the Cowboys look to bounce back from Sunday's loss in Philly as they welcome Jared Goff and the well-rested Detroit Lions to Dallas. It's the Cowboys and the Lions. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Sunday morning beginning at 1030 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. What I know about courage, I learned from my adoptive mom. She said sometimes you just got to hold on and know we'll get through this. Mom, we are so high up. Hold my hand. <laughs> no, you hold my hand. Here we go. <laughs> Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. I learned patience from my adoptive dad. All he had to say was, Hey, you got this. Just breathe. Hey. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Might have to start a band. <laughs> I got it. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. <laughs> Visit adoptuskids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Mountain West Motors' selection of trucks and SUVs has been specially customized for your next adventure. Whether it's hauling trucks, kids, roaming the mountains, Mountain West Motor has a unique selection of vehicles. You can visit mountmwmotor.com or you can stop by 615 North Main Street in Logan. So, let's get to the Would You Rather part of Would You Rather Wednesday. Mm. Uh, Eric, why don't, uh, why don't you go first? Give us a Would You Rather Okay, since we were talking a little bit about the jazz just a minute ago, I have one that's a jazz would you rather and one that's an Aggie football would you okay. rather. So uh, would you rather, if you're the Utah Jazz 
and you have a lead with five minutes to go, would you rather keep in your starters or start subbing in your second or third unit? What, to tank the game? <laughs> would you Would you rather try to still win the game or would you rather get some other guys some experience in the clutch? So I kind of experienced this a little bit in the kind of tank season or whatever. It was like 2014, I think, um, or somewhere around there. And, you know, I wanted the Jazz to lose. And I actually watched a lot of the Jazz games that year, probably one of the most I've ever watched in any season, weirdly enough, except for maybe I think like 2019 or whatever, one of those good years. Um, But, you know, I wanted the Jazz to lose, but every time they were in a game, I wanted them to win. I'm just too competitive in that way. Like, I want this team to lose, but they're winning, and I want them to win. So I, I just always end up cheering for them to win, even in a season like this where I want them to lose. See, I'm with you. Like, if you're, if it's that close, if you're in the clutch, that means if you're within a possession or two in the last five minutes of the game, I think it's important to, to, to teach winning and teach winning behavior. And uh, instead of trying to create a culture of losing, I want to create a culture of competitiveness. And so I'd rather just do what I can to still keep my guys in there. Uh, it's important to learn, have other guys learn how to play in the clutch, but I, I'd rather keep my starters in. And also, if you show that kind of open tanking, Adam Silver will come and murder Danny <laughs> Ainge in his sleep. Yeah, that's Adam not Silver, very... Adam Silver hates tanking. It's not smiled upon. Adam no. Silver hates taking the way... Uh, Draymond Green hates his teammates. <laughs> oh, I said that out loud, didn't I? All right, what's your would you rather? So this kind of relates to the, the preseason poll. Would you rather be picked high in the preseason poll and you get high expectations where there's a decent chance you know you don't live up to those, kind of like what football did this year, where they had a first-place vote and there's expectations and they've not lived up to them so far? So there's that chance. But you also have a good team. You know, If you're picked high, it means you have a good team. Or would you rather be picked lower in the poll where there's a better chance that you'll exceed your expectations, get some positivity out of that, you know, maybe be a breakout team, but there's also the fact that you probably don't have a good team. So mm. there's that. There's a bigger chance for disappointment if you're picked high, but you have a good team. Or you can be picked lower and you have a better chance for, you know, positivity of doing better than, you know, Proving the doubters wrong and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, it's an interesting discussion because, one, pressure is a privilege. But, two, being you know, playing with a chip on your shoulder and trying to prove people wrong is a, also a very big motivating factor. Yeah. And so Utah State's thrived on that. Their basketball team's done it. Their football team's done it. The women's basketball team is trying to do that. <laughs> <laughs> the women have been picked to finish last three years in a row. And I think they've, let's see, pull my notebook over here. They finished last, well, in 2020, they were picked to finish 11th. They technically finished 10th, but that was because San Jose State quit the season. (laughs) (laughs) They finished 9th last year, though. They exceeded the expectations uh, by not finishing 11th, but they're They're not exactly blowing the socks off everybody, proving them wrong. We'll see. They're really, you hear their, their comments on, Media days, they were like, you know, like, yeah, that's what we wanted. We were excited about it, you know, and all, which, to be fair, 
that is a very easy thing to get a little motivation off of, and I very much believe in that they wanted to be that because there's that motivation and and you know want to prove everybody wrong. So it's kind of interesting. Like some people like that, and it fuels them, and they work harder because of it. True. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, fear of failure though is also a very strong motivating factor. Like people expect us to be good, so we better go out and not let them down. Yeah. Nine three one five with a would you rather question. Would you rather have Elf the AJ or the Deflator for a mascot? Um, I'd rather have the Deflator. <laughs> very intimidating mask that he was wearing. All right, we we do need to take another quick time out. Uh, to get caught up on our uh, breaks here. But i uh, got more text coming through. If you have a would-you-rather, if you want to weigh in on our would-you-rather questions on a would-you-rather Wednesday, 435-339-0321. Hey, Aggie fans. <laughs> Looking for the best burger in town? Bring the family to Prodigy Brewing and try out our signature Prodigy Supreme Burger or a wood-fired pizza. Need a smaller plate for the kids? Our kids' menu has you covered. Whether you are out with the family or just want to catch the Aggies game with friends, Prodigy Brewing is the place to be in Cache Valley, located at 25 West Center Street in beautiful downtown Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit job.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. For over 20 years, Ages Home Health and Hospice has been providing health care to Cash, Box Elder, and Rich Counties. Whatever or wherever your health care needs, Ages' goal is to meet those needs. Ages Home Health and Hospice core values are character, experience, and trust. Ages, A-E-G-I-S, striving to provide the health care services you need. Ages Home Health and Hospice. Call 723-9000 or find them at myages.com. This is Teresa with Kim Drive, Northern Utah. We are so excited to have won Best of Cash Valley again this year, and it's also our anniversary month, so we have lots to celebrate. We wanted to do a Customer Appreciation Month. Mention this ad while booking your October appointment and get a free world-famous spot cleaner on us. Thank you again, Cash Valley. Can't I'm Nate Kreckman. This week in the Mountain West, Utah State is back in the Mountain Division race with Boise State, Wyoming, and Air Force. While Hawaii gets in the win column in the West, we'll bring you an extended conversation with Rainbow Warriors head coach Timmy Chang about his team's improvement, the brotherhood, and his mentor, Jay Norvell. It's all this week on the Mountain West Radio Network. Friday afternoon during the full court press on Sports Talk Radio 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. All right, we're back. Final moments of Hour 1 of the Full Court Press. Jason Walker here with Eric Franson. So just... Finishing up the first hour, we have one text from uh, 8798, kind of finishing up our discussion on uh, Utah State basketball and the Mountain West media days and, and that starting today. Um, 
8798 says, I would be surprised if the basketball team finishes above 500 in conference this year. We've zero dudes. I'm Look, I picked them eighth. But it doesn't... And I know that sounds At like... At eighth, well, it not, means they're finishing below 500. That's that may look happening. like, oh, you're not very optimistic. Well, I, I think this team will be will be competitive. I just I just have too many questions still. And I know I should have a better feel for this team at this point, but I I, I don't yet. Um I, cuz I I haven't seen Taylor Funk how he integrates uh and how it works. Um Ryland Jones hasn't been active because of his injury. Now I think he's he should be cleared to start playing now. But, um, you know, they're just, I have just have some questions about this team and how they're going to come together and be competitive. And in, in, uh, in Mountain West, it's not as dominant as it was a year ago. So there's going to be some opportunities uh, for some of these teams to kind of break out a little bit. That's frankly why I have New Mexico as high as they are because of their returning talent in kind of an open field. But um, I. To say that they have zero dudes, I don't know that I'd say that. Uh, I, I mean, Funk did some nice things at St. Joe's. Uh, I like what uh, Max Shulga, uh, what how he's progressing. But if you need somebody to be a closer and just to go get a bucket, who is that guy? Yeah, and see, that's you know, when you say like you have zero dudes, like that's it's a concern that I don't really have an answer for. I've kind of, and I held that same opinion not too long ago, and, but even when I'm a little more optimistic, I don't have an answer for that. I can't counter that, because like, my only counter is, well, I think this guy can be the go-to guy. I think this guy can be. And that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. That's why I would never pick them to finish third the way that Ken Palm is totally trying to do, because like, somebody has to come out of nowhere and prove us wrong. You know, in 2018, Nimi came out of nowhere. Like, I was high on Nimi when he came in, but I would never have picked him to finish first because I didn't think Nimi was going to be that good year one. And I thought Sam was going to step up and be good, but I didn't think he was going to be that good. So it was like, somebody has to come, somebody or multiple pe- multiple somebodies have to come out of seemingly nowhere for them to finish high. I think if they rise to some of the expectations I'm kind of putting on them, where I think, Shoga's going to be good, and Funk's going to be solid, and Atkins going to be a good, versatile defender and cleanup guy on offense. That's around sixth. You win a few games you maybe weren't supposed to win. You drop a couple, you know, one or two, and you finish middle of the pack. And I think that's kind of where I'm thinking with Utah State. They're a little on the optimistic side because I think they're going to finish between sixth and eighth. And so sixth is the optimistic side of that, where they maybe win a couple more and don't drop some of those. Is many of the games they shouldn't lose? Yeah, and I, I see this team as uh, on on one night it could be Funk as your leading scorer. On another night it's Bearstow. On another night it's uh, it's Shulga. Uh, maybe there's one night that it's uh, Ashworth. And I see that there this team has guys who have that potential to maybe have a night. And I think Funk's probably going to be your most consistent. But I just don't just too many unknowns for me just yet. A lot of hope. But an uncertainty, that's why they're eight on my list. Yeah, and so we are going to have to see how things really pan out and just who steps up. Because we need at least somebody to step up and be really good. 
All right, so that's going to do it for us on Hour 1. When we get to Hour 2, we're going to talk a lot of the Utah State-Wyoming football game, and we'll give our score predictions and how we think the game's going to play out. So we'll get to that in the next hour. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Last night, the Golden State Warriors and Los Angeles Lakers squared off as part of NBA opening night. Coming into the season, L.A. and Golden State were two of the more discussed teams in the game. The Lakers have star talent. Team struggles to stay healthy and finish last year out of the playoff picture. The Warriors don't have that type of problem. Golden State, one of the more talented groups in the league. They are also deep, and they've got some young players. But the tension throughout the organization is palpable. That, of course, started when four-time All-Star Draymond Green sucker punched teammate Jordan Poole. 